Today, I'm talking to Brian Tran, founder of 50 Hills Real Estate. Brian is a top real estate agent and broker owner in San Francisco, California. Recently named 30 Under 30 by the National Association of Realtors and featured on the cover of Realtor Magazine, Brian says that nothing survives without integrity and that he keeps this at the core of all of his efforts as he sets up clients for generational wealth. He is a second-generation immigrant. He has an appreciation for opportunity and what it means to embrace opportunity and build your vision. Today, we talk about how to embrace opportunity and build your vision. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. All right, everybody. It's the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And today on the show, we have Brian Tran with 50 Hills in San Francisco. 50 Hills is at Brokerage, or we just call it 50 Hills. Yes, call it 50 Hills. That's why I like that. But it is a real estate brokerage in San Francisco. Brian, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be on. So Brian was introduced to us on the show, everybody, by Tim Stout. He is one of our favorites, especially our editor's favorite. Like of all the shows, Raycon's like, Jerry, I like that Tim. So when he told us we had to have you on, Brian, like there was no resisting it. So thank you for being on. I appreciate it. You are not even 30 yet. Let's start with you are, ju- you, I think you're on the cover now, or you're about to be on the cover of the National Association of Realtors magazine. For yeah, I'm on the cover now, and they put me at the top, which is great because then, you know, you don't get cut off by the senders list or where they put the sticker on. So they, they put me at the prime real estate of that cover. I love it. I love it. So, 30 under 30 National Association of Realtors, just tell us a little bit about how you got that spot and about yourself. You know, Every year, I, you know, when I, I got into the business pretty young, I got into the business when I was 21 years old. And I knew about the 30 under 30 from the day that I got in the business. But I never really applied because I would read the cover and I would read the stories of every, you know, person who won. And it was just so impressive that I was like, I, I don't deserve this, right? Like, I don't, it's too much. But this year, 2020 was uh, covid and San Francisco was hit really hard. And I sell a lot of luxury condos. So my sales literally went from, you know, on pace to do 80 million in 2020. And then COVID happened, two months, no work. And I was like, oh, shoot, what's going to happen? But we pulled through and, I mean, we dominated 2020. We shifted it and grew the team, did better than we expected. And then I was like, okay, I think this is worth applying for uh, the yeah. NAR 30 to 30. And then luckily, you know, my first time applying and I actually got it. So super happy. Thank I was you. shocked. Mm-hmm. So tell us, I want to learn about what you did in COVID, especially in your market. They didn't make it easy. But before we do that, tell us how you got into the business and why. Why real estate? And you were only 21, right? Yeah. So okay. it was pretty easy because my brother was actually, uh, he got into the business before me. He's about four years older and he got his broker's license when he was 22 or something like that. And so he came in and started doing it. And during college, I just, school is not for me. I don't, I don't like school and I don't do well. I finished, but 
I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I saw him sell real estate and I said, eh, you know what? Why not? You know, I think it's kind of fun. People say I talk a lot. People say I can do it. Even though real estate is so much more than just walking around and talking and, and showing yeah. houses. But, you know, we, I jumped in, joined Mike Ferry and the rest is history, you know, and did well. And I'm wow. doing, continuing to still grow. So your brother was doing it, but I have a feeling he didn't just give you deals. You probably had to make your way. No, no, we were, he, he wasn't, you know, we started off in Oakland, which is the neighboring city of uh, San Francisco. And during the 2012, 13, the market was still kind of not so good. And yeah. so that's why we, we joined Mike Ferry right away. And we started cold calling. Expired. Oh my God, I love it. Door knocking. And can you imagine a 21-year-old door knocking? It was, it was scary, you know? And so, yeah. So you, this is coming from the realtor who, like, tried it and failed miserably at it and <laughs> found another way. So tell me about it. Like, how'd that look? What happened? Um, the, the door knocking, not so good because, you know, the, I, you know, we were door knocking in some of the not-so-pretty neighborhoods. But guns are illegal there, so that helps. Yeah. Guns are outlawed, <laughs> yeah, right? Like you, is, just, you just get shot. I'm kidding. Yeah. Very politically incorrect now, but go ahead. But we, we you know, was right. big on Red X. we got on Red X and just, and, and during that time, there were so many expired listings. Wow. Wait, Paul. Okay. So what year was that? What year? 2013. Okay. So 2013. So Red X, for those of us who don't know, believe it or not, a lot of our listeners don't know. I think Red X is a system that gives you the phone numbers, of the owners, when the listings get expired. Yep. So you go in and you're like, John, everybody. We and what a, happened? We had a board and you had your script. You had oh, your God, script. Right. I love it. <laughs> you had your expired scripts. And I remember this. I mean, when I started, I was so bad. You know, you only get good when you practice and you internalize right. a script. But when I first started, it was like this. Hi, my name is Brian. I'm looking for the owner. Well, did you, you get that far? You know, like did it was terrible. Did you huh? get that far before they hung up? I, mean, I didn't know that script. It was probably got, like, hi, my name's Brian. It was terrible. It what was happened? my so, script. Was so what is it? So I love that. Like, hi, my name's Brian. This is where I go like, oh my God, poor kid. What do I do? So where did you get from that to like actually being good at this? Or what yeah. happened? Did you get good at it? Yeah, yeah, you do. So, you know, okay. the more you do things, repetition makes you a master. Whenever you master your craft, then you started role-playing with other agents. And my, yeah. during the Mike Ferry organization, he was big on waking up at 5 a.m., 6 o'clock, you have to start role-playing. And then by 7.30, you're in the office. And then, you know, then you start cold calling between 8 to 12, right? Yeah. Tough. But then you get better. You stop saying, hi, my name is Brian. And you go, hey, is Jer there? And then, you know, obviously, if, if it's them, they say yes. And you just, hey, you know, I see you had a property at 123 Banana Street. It looks like it went off market. Are you still interested in selling? And it becomes more natural. Once you internalize it, it's a conversation, correct? So here's the funny thing. Some of my best friends in this business are great cold callers, but I am like the anti, anti. Yeah. So this is going to be a really good learning experience for us. So what was your biggest lesson and success in all, like big picture, biggest lesson and success you got from that? Because it sounds like that's really kind of like this, what broke you in and got you into the industry and even learning just the market. The cold calling part, but it was a structure. It was whatever it was that got you clients, you just have to do it, right? And you have to put it on your calendar. You have to be religious about it. 
So if I say the one key thing with success that Mike Ferry taught us was discipline and integrity. If you say you're going to do something, do it. You know, don't don't say just to say it, right? Because sometimes we yeah. get competing and you don't want to look bad in front of your coach. So you might lie and say, yeah, I made 100 calls today. But then you made no money because you didn't actually make 100 calls. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's just what it was. I mean, uh, I don't cold call too much anymore. That, that were you, you like read my mind, but keep. Yeah. So what it's do you different. look like? So breaking into the industry, cold calling, mm-hmm. and then from cold calling, you win a few deals. Did you win a few listings? Did you get like, what were the results of cold calling? And then I want to transition into breaking into 80 million and over and what that started looking like. Always listings. Mike Ferry was listings, listings, listings. And, yeah. and today, every coach will tell you listing, 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 because it's leverage. Um, so cold calling ended up moving. I changed market. I moved into San Francisco and that was tough. Uh, coming from Oakland to San Francisco was a different animal, a different beast. Yeah. Price points were significantly higher. I was dealing with more sophisticated people. I'm 21, 22 year old by yeah. now. Wow. Um, you know, English, not so good. Um, pronunciation. Oh, wow. See, I didn't think about that. <laughs> you know, because. Wait, no, but English is not your first language. You said English. It's not, but my English is good. But the thing is, is that when you're. That's impressive. Dealing, wow. Yeah, when you're dealing wow. with a $2 million homeowner or a spy, they speak differently. Right. So, so let's pat and pause. Like you said, so English is not your first language. No. Okay, I'm born here, but, but growing up, we spoke Vietnamese the whole time. Okay, so your first language is Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. Breaking, see, this is what I love. Like, people don't even know what their superpowers are because there are superpowers. You break into this business, you break into it like with like break through cold calls. English isn't even your first language. You're doing this in English. And then you come in and now you're breaking into the San Francisco market with a whole new buyer, with a whole new language of... Well, I wouldn't say... My, I mean, I, I speak English. You know, if I grew up speaking yeah. English, but later on. But, you know, it's... Uh, the, the, my, my English wasn't, like, super sophisticated, right? Gotcha. And so... Gotcha. You grew up with a v- Vietnamese family in Oakland. Is that right? Uh, in where? In Oakland. You grew up in Oakland? Yeah. Okay. So now you come in... So anyway... Keep going with San Francisco because this is, I love this. And so what did I do? I didn't, I didn't, I don't know anybody in San Francisco. I didn't, I didn't grow up here. I don't have friends. And, and so you have to build that network. And yeah. I went right to cold calling and then open houses. And then, yeah. you know, just being there, right? Like I would go to every event, every networking event. I didn't care what meetup, what it was. I became, I was just, everywhere and so people begin to know who i was yeah yeah that's awesome so you came in not knowing anybody it what did you have those moments you're like this is never gonna happen am i kidding myself no no because then, go ahead i have I, I i suffer from having a lot of self-confidence <laughs> you suffer uh, from that i wouldn't I, call this so I, I mean, there's no there's no failing and i, I think i Got said it. this in the 30 under 30 I've seen my parents come here. They lost everything. They built up, you know, their little empire. And if they can do it and they don't speak English, I can do this. This isn't hard. Say yes, that again. You know, Say that again. Cause that's so powerful. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you know, I, parents. so 
what, how old were you? Were you, were, how, were you, were you born here or did you come here with I was you? born here. Yeah. I was born here. And what year? 91. So 91, you were born, but you grew up with parents who had just come here with nothing. So mm-hmm. you were parents who were building from nothing, building their life. Yep. And you came out of that to build your life and look at where you are now. I'm pretty good. I'm com- comfortable. I'm very happy, but we're still got, we have a lot of work to do. So I will say that. So you're not doing bad on the cover of NAR and doing it. You're doing close to hundred million a year. We, we should right. get close this year. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get close. Yeah. And one of the most competitive markets that the country has to offer, by the way, I think everybody there has a real estate license. Uh, yeah. I think there's 6,000 agents in, in SFAR alone, the San Francisco association of realtors. So you know, every listing I go out on, they there's a cousin or there's a friend who's also a realtor. And so yeah. it's, you know, but I like competition. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> so what gave you, what gave you that most people in that situation would just go, hey, I'll just get a job. So I know I'm getting money because you, there's no, like, there was no backup plan. Like, what was the backup plan? There was none. So what gave you, obviously you suffer from confidence, but what gave you that, what gave you that? You, you know, growing up, I always knew I was going to make it, you know, and, and I'm not saying I've made it. I saw, I, like I said, I have big dreams and big hopes and, and I, you know, I, I want the best for my family and, uh, and I constantly am chasing growth, but I, you know, whatever I set my mind to, I usually get it done. Like I become obsessed. I become so obsessed that you literally cannot fail. So there are a few, oh, sorry, y'all. I'm working on my stand-up desk today and it's, it's, it's moving around. I can tell. So a few things. We started out with, you're not even 30 yet. You're 30 under 30 with the National Association of Realtors. You have just started a brokerage called 50 Hills. And some of the things that I'm hearing are behind that have been structure, discipline, integrity. And oh, by the way, being obsessed. Mm-hmm. And being stricken with a lot of self-confidence. Yeah. And the self-confidence comes yeah. from being obsessive. I mean, I understand that not everybody. And, and so like, you know, the, for those of the listeners are like, well, I wasn't lucky to have self-confidence. Well, the thing is, is that confidence comes from becoming a master at your craft, right? Mm-hmm. Becoming so good at what you do that you just have, I mean, the confidence will come. If you, if you're so good at what you do, the confidence will be there. Right. And so I hope that for those who are listening, it's that when you become so natural at it, you're going to be naturally confident. Right. Well, here's a question. I find that San Francisco is probably a rather intimidating market. That market has, you're talking about multiple offers on pretty much every listing. You've got an incredible, incredible price trajectory. You've got everybody after it. You've got multi-million. I mean, I don't know the average sales price in San Francisco, but I know, you know, property for a few million dollars is not unusual relative to other markets. Correct. So in dealing with that caliber, demographic, whatever you want to call it, what is that like? And how do you, again, give us some experiences you've had in breaking into that market and in breaking into your level of success? So I've gotten to the point where I'm so numb to it that when somebody says a million dollars and they say, that's a lot of money, I kind of look and say, no, it's not. That's, I mean, it's just one with a bunch of zeros, right? Right. So that's the first thing. Don't put it on a pedestal. 
I mean, whether you sell a $400,000 home or a million dollar home, I try to treat it as the same. I'm going to do the best that I can, right? I'm going to market it correctly. I'm going to do, uh, give it the luxury presence that it needs, right? Um, this, but going into the skill set, it does require a little bit more skills. There's, there's more handholding. There's more uh, higher expectations, mm-hmm. right? But if you just, you know, but if you come in with high standards, it's going to be the same. It's going to be natural to you, right? I think the problem with it, that when I speak with other agents and they come in and they say, oh, I can't sell a $3 million home. I can't sell a $2 million home. Why not? You know, it's just treat it the same, do a good job, come in with that mindset, that mentality, and you're going to be successful. Well, serve the less expensive homes, like the more expensive homes and just keep doing that. And it keeps bringing you up to the next notch. Always dress for the job you want and deliver to the job you want. Yeah. So So I wore a suit for the longest time. I mean, COVID now people don't wear suits anymore, but San Francisco always showed up suit and tie. Yeah. Not so much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. During the time it, it, you know, I had 10 suits upstairs and probably a gajillion ties and you can show up to impress and you really have to at 21, 22, even 23, I got a baby face. And so it's like, you know, you got to gain people's trust and the way you look, the way you talk, the way you hold yourself up is how they're going to, you know, perceive you and how you're going to showcase their home. I mean, what a valuable lesson, especially, you know, not only being in your twenties, but being in your early twenties at the time. And, Again, I'm going to just be politically incorrect because I seem to be so good at that. But your generation, I mean, you guys get, you, are you a Gen Z or are you a Gen, you're, you a, no, you're a millennial. Millennial. I yeah, think. those are the bad ones. The Gen Zers might be okay, but those millennials, I don't know. I keep hearing that they're, I keep hearing they're not really into hard work. Is that true? <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I, I, I focus on what I need to do. I love you it. Know? You don't have time for that. I don't, I don't, I focus on what, you know, they can try to classify me, but you can't classify me because I know what I am yeah. and I'm not lazy. I, I, you know, I'm not afraid of hard work. I'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. That's me. And so when people try to put me in the millennial stage, I say, I don't even know what that is. It's great. You know? But here's who I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we talked before we came on or started recording, we were talking about your business and how, you know, it's, as we all know, this business kind of requires you to be on all the time. And yeah. you are now, you know, being in your generation probably helps, you know, to the, to the Gen Zers or not Geners, the Gen Xers like me or the baby boomers. It's like, oh, they have magic powers. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some of those magic powers. You've gotten, you've created some systems where you've been able to really serve the clients but you personally get have found ways to leverage and, and be able to better serve clients by doing that and actually get a minute to breathe because that also helps us be ready to better serve clients. Tell us a little about it. So first off, I think, you know, Tim's my coach, right? And he's been on the podcast yeah. before. Systems, yeah. you know, and people, and systems isn't, you know, some magic formula. It's just, you know, okay, this comes in, what needs to happen? Right. If you do that, then it eliminates a couple things. Right. Uh, error. It eliminates error and it maximizes uh, efficiency. Right. Once you create a system 
you can then hire people to execute on the system. Mm-hmm. And that's the, and that's really the secret. So that's the technology, right? Technology isn't like a website or an app that's going to make your life easier. And I do use a couple of apps that make things a little bit more efficient, but I wouldn't say that that's the, um, the secret. The secret mm-hmm. is good systems and don't be afraid to put money back into your business to hire people to execute your system, right? And that can come in many forms. It can come in the form of admin. It can come in the form of uh, another agent, a buyer's agent, a listing agent, a transaction coordinator. But for me personally, uh, I utilize virtual assistants. Mm-hmm. So cheaper. break this down first. So just to repeat, sure. everybody. So we're talking about like in this business, we're all on the phone, ready on, you never know what's going to go down. You're just ready for it. Like we had an interview. Um, it'll be two weeks before this release with an agent who's the top agent at Sotheby's in Santa Barbara. And he said like, you know, I can like think I have the weekend off, but it's hard to always know you have the weekend off because we're always expected to be there. But you broke it down to, look, you've got to have your systems, you've got to have your people, and you've got to put the money into it. Yep. Because it takes money. But, right. Right. I mean, but not, but here's the thing, not money alone, not people alone, and not systems alone. They all have to come together. Of course. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll become a solopreneur agent, right? And, and I, there, there's a lot of people guilty of it. They, they do a lot of business, but they're glued to their phone. Because exactly. they don't have somebody else taking care of it. I mean, a lot of these stuff, I know we want to think that, uh, you know, we are like the business can't run without us, but that's not necessarily true. You know, with the right help, you don't always have to be there. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of part of our business where we technically don't have to be there, like whether yeah. it means meeting vendors or, you know, meeting the photographer, getting things kind of ready, you can do a pop in, but you can hire somebody to do that right really the main thing is when people hire me they're hiring my services but my service doesn't necessarily mean that i'm the one going there painting the walls or um you know getting the things all ready right you can have somebody help you with that really what you're paying for me is that system that i've put in place that ease right that that white glove treatment where the whole team uh, you hired a whole team you didn't just hire me that's the thing well, it's, it's, I was asking an agent actually just before this interview is, well, what do you delegate? She said, well, how about I just tell you what I don't delegate because I delegate everything else. Yeah? <laughs> like it's not what you do delegate. It should be, these are the things I don't delegate and delegate everything else. The yeah. systems, people and money. So yeah. you, I know you've founded this brokerage 50 Hills and you mm-hmm. guys, I think really, well, I'm going to let you tell me what is the focus? What was the purpose of, of, starting and founding this brokerage well the main thing with starting you know i never actually wanted to open our own brokerage right like i i was like oh my right. god that's a, that's a lot of work yeah. a lot of headaches recruiting etc cetera, etc cetera. but right. liability yeah but we did it because at the end of the day especially during covid the big brand brokerage just didn't mean much to us anymore and i think we had a conversation about this was the culture and it's just, you know, coming into the office and then sometimes, you know, having to walk around on your tippy toes and all that stuff just wasn't kind of cutting it out for us. And, okay. you know, we wanted to create a brokerage that was fun, 
like an area where we can come in and, and, and have agents like myself, right? Joke around, get job, get things done and make some money and, and live a good life and, you know, do good service. That's what we wanted. But the, but now that we have the brokerage, I can do, I can be a little bit more creative. It kind of allows us to be like unchained, right? I can yeah. do a little bit more crazy stuff um, and have a little bit more fun without being, you know, worried about the corporate structure, right? right? But I would say the main thing, my focus today with our brokerage is that we want to give agents their time back. So you started the brokerage for culture, but you found it's kind of like there's a book called Blue Ocean Strategy where you come into something, this is part of the book, you come into something with one purpose, like you go to the restaurant for the free drinks, this is one of the mm-hmm. stories, but you stay for the great culture and food. You started a brokerage for the great culture, but you realize, wait, the big, the big like supply and demand, there's only so much time and the demand for our time is higher than the supply. So how can I create a system and an environment that gives agents that time back? Right. Right. And, you know, a lot of brokerages will try to promise their agents like, oh, well, if you come here, we'll double your production. Right. right. How they all say, it. you know, I, we've been to multiple brokerages where you're going to we're going to grow your business. That's our job. My yeah. But my model is, is to grow the business. That's what we're being hired for. Exactly. So at 50 Hills, our model is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. My job is not to grow your business. My job is not to take you from eight to 16 million, right? Well, you can do that. That's your job. You're an agent. You need to go out there and hunt, rack up the shotgun, well, go you get need the stuff to be able to do it. Yeah. My job really is to give you back time, teach you how to delegate, you know, have the systems in place so that you're not working at eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night, right? Somebody, you know, there are ways to get around that. Yeah. Right. So that's our model. So Brian, you're in your twenties. So tell us, I'm giving you a hard time, but I'm actually serious. I like the best (laughs) people's jobs. How do you, how, how did you figure it out and how do you do it? Um, I dropped the ball multiple times. And um, so I, you know, this is a real estate podcast, but I, you know, I want to share with you. I, um, I own a virtual assistant company. I own two coffee shops in San Francisco. I own a bubble tea uh, shop in San Francisco as well. Wow. And I manage a portfolio of my rentals. And then we also do some uh, development deals, right? My, my partners and I, we also build, rehab and sell homes. So there's a lot of things that go on. And, you know, people would say, don't do all those things. Otherwise, all this stuff is going to drop. But I found to, you know, by doing all these things, I became very, very efficient. I became very like a robot. There's something interesting about all those things that you're doing. They all yeah. are connected to being a real estate broker. Yeah, Every so single one of them. Yeah. That's why I like it's, hiring it's, staff. It's, it's like everything you, well, everything you do, if it feeds to the one thing, it's the one thing. If it doesn't, it, that's the difference. And I think perhaps why it works for you, but you were talking about hiring staff. Yeah. So, I mean, hiring, hiring and firing is not hard for me because I've done it so many times. Right. I'm so confident that, 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 uh, that's yeah. now because I do it so much, right. Like at each one of my coffee shops during its peak now it's less because of COVID. Um, but we had, you know, 15 to 20 employees per store. So I have 60 people 
on my staff there. My company in the Philippines, the virtual assistant company, we have over 300 virtual assistants that we manage. And so we hire, we fire, and I've gotten quite good at it. I've gotten good at reading people. I've gotten good at, but again, I'm confident in it because I've done it so many times that it's just, it's my sixth sense now. Here's a question for you. I think most luxury agents are just, it seems the DNA is just to, because you have an, you're very obsessed, but the DNA is being so obsessed that they're only going to do a few deals at a time because there's just every detail that they're not going to let go of. You don't do that. No. You've got, so how do you, what's the trick? How do you see things that you cannot be afraid to do that many things at once, own a brokerage, run a brokerage, build these systems, hire and fire? What hire good people that? and trust them. But when you see, but the thing is, is that people hire good people, they put trust in them, but they don't have a system in place for those people to follow, right? A system, that you yeah, yeah. A, a system that is up to your standards, a system that is going to make, you know, that is your brand, right? What's so, the difference between a system that works and one that doesn't? That's a good question. You know, um, there's no perfect system. You just, but you have to try. And as mistakes happen, you, you repair it and it becomes a good system. Perhaps that's the answer. Yeah. You, you, the difference is whether you're willing to continue to work on it and continue to improve it, just like yourself in life. Exactly. And so there are things to expedite, you know, you, you can copy a system through coaching or mentors, but no one system is going to work for everybody, you know, well, maybe, but not for me, you know, so well, I, no, I love this yeah. because you've got a system built for 300 virtual assistants, but in a, it, it must work okay for 300 of those. That's a lot of people to me. It's not a few thousand or million, but it's a lot. I have good people and they manage and there's a, there's a structure, right? Yeah. How do you and find good I, people? Honestly, you just go through a lot of people until you find, and, and that's, that's the trick. I mean, a lot. that's great. That's good to know because I, you know, some of us get really attached to people and don't like to let them go. So <laughs> you, the more you hire, the good ones stay, the bad one leaves. And then eventually yeah. you do that enough time. Now you have a team of good people, good people, and then you promote them and then you have them run a team. Yeah. Just, and then it just keeps going down. And, and so yeah. that's how you can really scale. It takes time, but you know, it's uh, not that much time because to me, you're just not, it hasn't been that long. Right. Yeah, that's but true. Focus time. Focus. That's, that's incredible. So looking at your business and what you do now, you've taken what you've learned. You're running, you're running all of these businesses very successfully Success, I mean, you're doing, just as a real estate agent, what most people can't do. And by the way, you're running a few other businesses doing what most people can't do. What's the difference between you and most people? I'm, I want it more. <laughs> I want it more. I, mean, I actually want it. When I say I want something, I truly mean it. And I, and I, again, I don't just say, oh, I want something for the sake of it. No, I, yeah. I, I want to achieve it. I want to be successful. And again, I become obsessive. Like, why do you, when you want something, why do you want it? You know, it feeds into the big why. You know, I, I have a very, you know, my why is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. And so 
if you do things, if, if you have that big vision, then you just follow the path that you set forth. What's your big why? Well, I want to, well, my big why now is my family, right? And again, coming, seeing my, my grandma was very well off in Vietnam. I mean, she, today she'd probably be a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. She lost everything, right? And they fled to America. And so my why is to get that back. But why, but I want to get that back so that I can restore, you know, her legacy and then also provide the best life that I can for my family. And I'm talking about everybody. And I was given this, like, I'm in the best country in the world. I'm in America. You're going to make me cry. Seriously. I'm in America. Awesome. And here's the thing. People take that for granted. We yeah. live in America. Like I've seen, you, I travel a lot and I go to a lot of third world country and I, and it's, it's not pretty. And so when I come here, I'm so appreciative. Like I wake up and I can do whatever I want. And so I choose to work hard, grow my companies, help more people because the, the bigger I am, the more I can help. But if I'm just a small guy working at a, I don't know, a, a, a one company, how many people can I actually help? How many people can I impact? You know, so that's, I mean, you're given all this opportunity. I'm not going to waste it. So it's like, you know, my why is a little bit crazy, but you know, I, I'm just, that's, I'm, an awesome I'm that's the best why I've ever heard. You just can't waste this opportunity. I know what I was given. And I think people forget that. Like I was, I was born into this country where I can do, I can be who I want, do what I want. I'm going to take advantage of this, you know? And I want to be a billionaire just because I know. Make more, people, make more people like you, my friend. Yeah. Make more people like you. That's beautiful. So all of that being said, don't make me cry because I already am. Because it's just so beautiful. It's just true. It's so true. Thank you. Um, what do you find? We'll bring it back home to the brokerage and bring it back home to 50 Hills. So in everything you've learned and everything you do, how do you take all of that? And what does it make? What does your brokerage look? Now you've just launched, you've got a very small, beautiful brokerage of agents like you who work hard and want to be here and serve and learn and grow. Yeah. What does it look like today? And what is that going to look like in the future? So today we're going to be targeting about hundred million this year, right? And if we're going to talk about volume, that's where we're going to be. And um, again, I want to, I want a culture that is going to be uh, you. My, my biggest thing is that I just want it to be fun, light, right. And like a good brokerage. I mean, I, I know that's yeah. so cliche, but I want good agents that care, right. Yeah. That have purpose that have, you know, a good heart. And then because, you know, this industry, I mean, we're changing people's lives. We're, we're helping them buy, uh, a, you know, a home or a massive property. It's, you know, we're, create, we're helping create generational wealth. And so it's not just about, oh, I sold this much money. It's that, no, but it's like, okay, we help yeah. this many people. And, and granted, we have to talk about the hundred million because otherwise nobody will want to listen to this That's podcast, right. you know, but you yeah. know, but ultimately we're helping a lot of people. And I want agents who are like me, like my partners that are just, we're chill people, right? Not competitive, no big egos. Oh, you are competitive. We can't deny that. What? There's no shame in that. You are definitely competitive. 
wouldn't you say? Or, or maybe the not. Right, Who the, am right, I the, right, the right kind of competitive. You know, like, yeah. like we're not, you know, competitive to where like you want to just do better. and we're, it's, it's a fun competitive. But I've been to some other places and I've seen some agents and they're like, you're competitive in the wrong way. You're like, you, you, yeah. you, you'll, you'll do some crazy there's, stuff. Well, there's competition yeah. to be the best and we all rise together or there's competition just to cut throat for the sake of the ego. Yeah, yeah. Because I so, heard you say, what am I when I'm the little guy? How many people can I help when I'm the little guy? Yeah. So. Right? That's the competitive. I would say, <laughs> tell me where I'm wrong. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing and seeing now. You know, I think you're right. You know, it's just, but you know, I think uh, there's always two spectrums, right? And I think, that, yeah, I mean, the competitiveness is great. Right. See, this is the South Georgia girl talking to the San Francisco guy, but that's <laughs> not going to take the first year, first generation immigration out of you. We're not going to let it. All right. So let's talk about like, no, just re- I'm going to repeat, not talk about. So number one, you began with in being successful, it's structure, it's discipline, it's integrity. And by the way, all of that with a lot of obsession. Yeah. And in doing that and being successful, again, I want to say it one more time, structure, discipline, integrity with some obsession wrapped in there to keep you going no matter what comes your way. And in that you implement you, you implement behind that to make sure you're not just working hard, but you're working smart systems, people, and you can't be afraid to put money and pay into it to grow it. Because if you don't, you're just going to be a little guy. And how many people can you really help if you do that? Man, you're so good. You nailed it. <laughs> so anything else we want to add to that? I think that's about it, you know, uh, unless you, you know, any other questions, but you know, I, I would like to stress. Oh, the I integrity. do. We've got the final three coming. I'm just, I'm just warming you up for it. The final. I three want to stress the integrity, yeah. though. That you know, the integrity yeah. is what allows you to build a lasting company. Yeah. Because you can have all those other things, but if without integrity, how far can your company go? One year, two year? You screw one, you screw a seller over, you screw a buyer over, right? Your reputation's gone. You did all that work, and your company just went gone because you just didn't have integrity. Integrity is the glue that allows you to build something that is going to last forever. You know what I think is interesting about integrity too? Integrity is one of those things, you know, my son asked me the other day, mom, what's integrity? So son, integrity is what you do when nobody's looking and nobody knows. Mm-hmm. And you know why that matters? It doesn't matter if anybody ever does or doesn't find out. It doesn't matter for your reputation. Like some people think, the reason why it matters is for the same reason everything matters. Integrity matters because when you do things with integrity, when you do things the right way, no matter who nobody knows and no matter who's looking, the outcome of that is so much bigger. That's why when people rise above and they come about and you're like, wow, where'd that come from? It's somebody built with integrity. You mm-hmm. look at a car. I want a car built with integrity. I want my whatever I have in my life to have integrity. They say, oh, well, it didn't have integrity. It's because the way it was built, the things we can't see are something that creates something that has that value that survives anything and everything. And that's where that integrity and those moments of decision are everything. Again, I'm taking your podcast away from you, but the po- the integrity, like you and I, I mean, I, I'm right there with you on integrity. I had to elaborate. Um, but anything else about integrity? And then we're going to go in the final three. <laughs> I think we nailed it. I think that's it. So final three. Number one, 
what do you find or what do you believe has been your greatest resource for being successful in life and as a real estate agent? Hmm. That's it. That's, I think I'm going to go back to, you know, your why you have to establish your why first. And, and if you, if that why is truly what you want and it resonates with you, then the discipline becomes easy. Then mm-hmm. everything becomes easy. But you got to really know what it is. And it can't just be a, 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 like a car or a house or anything like that. Yeah. It helps that why is, is a purpose, right? Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, if I would give anybody a tip, don't make your why a car. Because I've had nice cars. I've had nice houses. It doesn't do it. it it's just, it's there. And then you, you feel empty once you get it. Yeah. But when it's, when it's like a, a, a strong purpose, I mean, you just... It, it, it makes you obsessive, right? And, and you just go towards it. So that's, I'm gonna stick with that answer. Yeah, I love that. And number two, book. If there is a book that's changed your life or your career that you would say, we've got to read, what is it? Oh man, um, there's a lot, but I think my favorite book would probably have to be The 48 Laws of Power. Wow, that book is great, but yeah. it's- dark now so why what did you get from that book um, i don't know if i got through it actually i well, you know that that book just i mean i i read that at such a young age that i i read it three or four times but it just helped me become more aware of yeah um, people right yeah. and because yes it, it can be dark but i turned it to a light side where exactly yeah I went through life and I kind of watched people and I took the lessons of the book and I, you know, you, you can apply it to business and it's very easy to, but when people apply it to you and then that, it, it just kind of taught me how to navigate through life, um, you know, cautiously. Well, kind of growing up, sometimes we're taught when we're young, but life is, I always quote Stephen Ferrara. He's an agent in New York city. Big Stephen Ferrara. Yeah. He says, he will he did it's not a quote of his but he says you know when i got into real estate it was all rainbows and butterflies and that book's like hey it's not all rainbows and butterflies this is how some the underlings of how thing the how things how things might things might be going beneath the surface that you just might want to be aware of not that you want to be that way but be aware of it that it happens and it brings it makes a lot of sense of things yeah. what's your takeaway from that though? i mean from the book that's a little bit of mine but what's yours just to add context to it I mean, the, the takeaway was just, it, it, it basically taught me how to play chess with life. Yeah. You know, it's, it's strategy, it's uh, techniques, it, it's just, I, and I, I maneuver life a little bit more cautiously, thinking five steps ahead and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's like, that's what that book kind of, uh, it wasn't one, any one thing about the book, it, it, but it was just, wow. It, this is, somebody wrote this book because, they needed to win the war and all that stuff. And, and, and this yeah. is what goes through other people's mind. Right. And so it makes sense. It brings about good. You, I don't like to make the negative of it either, but it does show you some of the darker conscious or unconscious na- human nature that you right. may not have been aware of, especially when you're young. And so because of that, that you're older, but go ahead. No, but because of that and, and, and realizing that I'm like, okay, whoa, I mean, somebody wrote a whole book on this. So you really have to navigate life and, and be a little bit more smart and think a couple moves ahead. Yeah. You know? so, and and, and, so like I'm, and I'm, I'm going to turn, it, I'm gonna turn okay. it to a positive aspect. Yeah. 
Yeah. After reading the book, and then obviously there's a couple of other books that kind of break, you know, all books kind of have the same core value and everything like that. So I'm yeah. like, okay, let's be smart. Now, everything that you do, Brian, try to think a couple moves ahead in a good way, right? Like, hey, you know, you're going to launch this brokerage. What's next? Yeah. Oh, well, then we're going to recruit agents. What's next? Yeah. And then, and then, you know, so it, it just kind of got my mind working in a way where everything I do now, I have to think a couple moves, I, at least, right? It, be. it reminds you, right? Now, yeah, we that's why. Yep. All right, last question. If there's one thing that you would hope we remember from this interview, if this is everybody listening, if we're not going to remember anything else, what would it be? You know, <clears throat> I think especially now in today's, in all the media that you hear, I don't watch a lot of news, but, you know, it's kind of flooded. Be a good idea. Right? You know, I think if it's one thing, I mean, be grateful for what we have yeah. and, uh, you know, just do good and be good. Again, going back to integrity, going back to, um, you know, your why, just, I hope that people in this world just go out and just, you know, be, just do good things, you know, yeah. I, I, keep it simple. We can all make a lot of money. We can all, you know, but I think the main thing is just do good. But isn't it amazing? The more you contribute to the world, the more it has to offer back to you. Yeah. Even when you read 48 laws, y'all read it. You'll know what I'm talking about. And here I go throwing in the y'all, but if, but here's the thing, every time I'll do something, I'm like, why am I even doing like this podcast? Like really? Like who's paying me? But it's amazing what the world brings back to you every time you put it out there. The world has so much more to offer back. Yeah. And this is good. Your podcast is doing good. It's teaching agents. It's bringing new ideas and everything. And, and, and so that's why. And amazing people like you into my life and on my show. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. It's good to have you on the show, everybody. Brian Tran with 50 Hills in San Francisco. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. If you like this episode, please share it with friends. To find more episodes, search Jerry Metcalf podcast on any platform for podcasts or go to jerrymetcalfpodcast.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-E-T-C-A-L-F podcast.com. Podcast.com.